Alright, what's good guys? Hope you all are doing well. Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. This is episode 47, I think. I don't know, I'm losing track of days and time and it's all blending together. But we are super lucky today because we have Sarah with us, a special guest. Sarah, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, of course. Super fun to, to get to share what's going on with you with our fellow run free athletes and uh congrats on your half marathon thank you so yeah let's let's just jump right into it because i know you do not like wasting time with lengthy intros so uh uh, tell us tell for the people who don't know let's uh let's say where we're at right now and uh and why we're up here yeah we're still in eugene oregon track town usa and uh we are here because um, the race director of the Eugene Marathon, Ian Dobson, reached out to us a few months ago and um, was like, hey, like, how would you feel about training for a race that, you know, isn't going to get canceled no matter what, like something we could we could have even in the age of COVID. Um, and so we were super excited about that and, and kind of over the next couple of months, kept in touch about what that could look like and um we decided on half marathon and uh went on a bike path in the woods outside of eugene a little bit a super isolated place on a really early friday morning and um lined up with two guys that were um gonna run with me eric and jared as as long as they could and then my two daughters hannah and mia uh to run an out and back half marathon that just started and uh finished in the same place and had some elevation gain but was was just out and back with a hairpin at the end um and so we did that last friday yeah, it was, it was so cool kind of going back to the genesis of how this event happened. And by the way, I think, I haven't verified this, so I could be wrong on it, so don't take this as a literal fact, but um, I have not heard of any road races or time trials happening in the United States since the COVID kind of shutdown started. So this very well could have been the first official road race that has gone down since COVID. Like I said, I could be wrong on that, but... Um, really cool that this actually happened. Yeah, that might be true for the U.S. I know in Europe they had some like the Swedish half marathon championships or like there's a couple like secret races in like Berlin. I think that happened. Both all were like super small fields um, and like weren't adva- uh, weren't um, advertised in advance. And so um, I think this was. I mean, the first thing I've heard of in the U.S., at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so cool when Ian reached out to me because, you know, we were kind of seeing your fitness build and build. You did the treadmill race that went super well. Um, you ran really fast at. And I was just thinking through the, our fall plans, and I was like, man, I just got to make sure that we get an official race on the books. And you and I had been talking about how we're going to do that. We talked about maybe doing something on the treadmill in case – you know, things were all getting canceled in the fall. And then we were talking about potentially setting up a race ourselves 
and I was like already starting to stress out about how the heck am I going to verify a course and go through all the process that race directors go through to make a course USATF certified and all that and I was already starting to get a headache about it and that was uh, when Ian texted me just kind of out of the blue and was like hey like what do you guys think about potentially doing something in Eugene you know our event got canceled for the year the Eugene Marathon and um, we'd love to just get behind you guys and create an opportunity for you guys so I was I was so stoked when Ian reached out and it's just all kind of fallen into place and I think one thing that's cool guys uh, if you think about like places to potentially time trial slash race in the United States where it's really good running in the summertime at sea level it's really hard to get those like cool temperatures and uh you know what were the temperatures like for us when we were running Sarah in your time trial yeah it was good it was about 50 degrees which um yeah it's really hard to get in August yeah, so what I kind of wanted to take, obviously we want to hear about how you felt out there and your whole experience with it, but I guess before we jump into that, um, I think something that will be relevant for all of our listeners and you know, run free athletes who are listening to this as well, is that kind of the return to play and the return to competing is going to look different most likely when uh, you know races resume and they will resume right we're seeing track races going off um, in small batches small amount of people who are doing it um, but it is going to happen again but it's probably going to look pretty different than pre-covid so um, maybe just kind of take us through like what it felt like for you to toe the line again um, things that were different things that were the same and kind of you know the good and bad that has kind of come with this new style of racing that we find ourselves in and at the moment anyways yeah um i think that it's probably safe to say like spectators aren't going to be allowed for a while just because still um people uh people are not supposed to be you know, in close contact. And, you know, I would say it probably depends where you're at. Like, I think uh, some countries are COVID free and have gone completely back to life, normal life. So, so those places might have start having normal road races and hopefully there'll be more and more countries like that. The U.S. isn't trending that way, like anytime soon, it's looking like. Um, But, um, but yeah, I think for myself, um, I was kind of nervous for the race because I just didn't really know what to expect from myself in that kind of scenario like I know I love to run hard and and I have some really impressive like tempo runs and training and stuff but um but I didn't know like I'd never like tried to like actually do a race with kind of no spectators just in the middle of nowhere you know and obviously I had some guys that they they were saying they could definitely make it like halfway but I was gonna potentially be alone the second half and um which like that wouldn't be necessarily like abnormal if it's like a race scenario but if you're just kind of like on a bike path in the woods like I wasn't sure how much I'd be able to like get out of myself because I'm a competitor and I always get the most out of myself when I'm competing so um so yeah I mean it definitely feels different like I, I love like the mass start races and um just the energy that you get from a big group of people and the excitement that you can feel tangibly out there and from the crowd I always get a lot of energy and stuff um but yeah it's looking like that um that may not be the case so it's kind of a good exercise in just um trying to to practice like squeezing a lot out of yourself without a lot of those things 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I, I do want to go back through and you can kind of walk us through the race, but, like, you, you talk about squeezing things out of you. Like, you were able to hit a 40-second personal best in the half marathon, and that, that personal best was, you know, fresh off of Houston of this year, so um, not that long ago, really. So how how do you do it? Like, like we have a lot of athletes who are listening, who are doing time trials by themselves, um, you know, who are in a very similar situation to you, you were in when you were time trialing out there by yourself on a path with no crowd. So what's, what's your quick advice for people who find themselves in that situation? Like, how were you able to run such a massive PR with kind of very limited energy out on the course? Well, I would say the number one thing that helped was finding a couple guys that could go that pace. So ideally, if and we all had to have COVID tests, um, the people in the race. So and then everyone was wearing masks, not racers, but everyone else, um, which was just a handful of of race organizers. But um, but yeah, I would say ideally, if if you can find someone faster than you that can uh, run it with you, if it's safe to be running close together, um, that's a great way to, um, that's probably the best way to push yourself. But then it's, that's more external. Uh, but I, I, I would say internally, um, I just, I tried to like do all the rituals that I do for a race. And a lot of that stuff kind of cues your body that it's like go time. So it's like, I, I wore my normal uniform and, and warm-ups and, like, ate the foods I eat before race and and warmed up the same, listened to the same kind of music I listened to on my warm-up and kind of all those things, like, it's kind of muscle memory where your body clicks into, like, okay, it's go time. Um, and, you know, I think that I was able to get a lot out of myself. I don't think that was, like, a complete... I think if I was in a normal race atmosphere, I probably wouldn't have been able to get a little more out of myself I think we both thought I was in like maybe be able to break 68 minute shape and we were debating if we were going to go out at that but we had never seen the course and and the stuff that Ian was sending us was coming back with like a ton of elevation and stuff so we were like we didn't really know how hilly it was going to be out there so that was part of the reason for like doing more of a negative split um, effort but um, but yeah I think that like Looking back, I, I think I was able to, considering the the atmosphere out there, get the most out of myself in that atmosphere. But I think there'll always be a little bit where you're like, like it's that gamer in you that like can, when it's really needed, like can really rally and kind of get that last percent or whatever. Um, but but I think we're still capable of of doing great things like uh alone if if you can kind of get in the mindset and I, th I think having some motivation of why you're doing it and what you're trying to get out of it so that when it gets tough out there um you have you have your why ready you know I think that will help a lot and and also something that helped me a lot was you cheering out there because you were uh you're getting really excited as as I started running like five minute pace in the second half, like your voice was getting more excited, cheering and stuff that made me excited. And so, yeah, I, I guess even if you can just have like one person or two people out there, that's going to help too. Yeah, totally. And I, I try to time my cheering. 
and and it does uh sarah calls it the crazy voice that comes out when i get really excited and uh and i try to time that so i was i was intentionally holding back on the way out when you're going out and then the way back i got to let it out which was fun um oh man there's so much good stuff in there we could unpack um i love like what you're saying about cues for me one of my favorite moments for the race was actually getting up super early in the morning so we got up like my alarm went off at 3 30 and i was down brewing coffee and uh you already had your breakfast going and stuff but um just getting up that early made it feel like we're getting ready for something special so i think that's something that maybe our listeners could take to heart when they're you know setting up their time trials or virtual races that they're doing like get up early when the weather is good and just the fact just when you get up early you feel like something special like i'm getting up for a reason there's something special about to go down and i know i just i was like yes like racing is back like there was a a cool feeling to because we you know the only time we get up at 3 30 in the morning is typically for for marathons and big races so that was a really kind of fun experience to get to do that again yeah that's true i think like being out there as the sun is rising and stuff that all kind of reminds you of like big road races and i hate racing when like the sun is like really high in the sky out there and stuff so yeah i think that's definitely worth a little less sleep Definitely. And before I forget, huge shout out to your pacemakers, um, Run Free's very own Jared Carson brought it big time, rallied big, which we'll talk about here in a second. Eric Finan just did a fantastic job with pacing. So having pacemakers out there is hugely helpful. And for you guys who are doing you know virtual races or um, you know just time trials, you don't have to find guys necessarily like just having one person on a bike. But you gotta sit right behind. You gotta be right on their wheel if they're gonna break the wind for you. Um, can be hugely, hugely helpful. So um, that's kind of another way to kind of set up your time trial. Get someone on a bike. Get a speaker on there. Have headphones in. Blazing music. Like try and create as exciting of an atmosphere as you can. Um, and have having someone to break the wind makes a big difference. And if you can't have that, I'd almost recommend that you guys hit up a treadmill because like a built-in pacemaker um, where you just you know obviously you're controlling the pace with with your finger and uh and hitting those dials up and down Um, yeah yeah so we you know obviously we can't sit behind bikes like as pro runners there's certain rules with usatf regulations so i guess it depends if you're just doing this for your own like just a time trial or is this going to be like an actual race but um but yeah if if it's just going to be like a time trial for yourself like um that's a lot easier maybe than having someone uh trying to find a person that can go the exact pace but just giving your spouse a garment and saying like hey can you just lock in this pace and yeah. <laughs> that helped yeah totally so uh let's let's walk through the race a little bit um what pace did you start out at what was the plan how did you feel in those early miles yeah so looking at the elevation that ian sent us there's a decent amount. There's like 350 feet of elevation gain and a half, which is actually like relatively more than Boston Marathon or New York City Marathon. Like if you doubled that for a full marathon. Um, so to me, that was, and it was supposed to be like slightly more out, up going out. So, um, so I was like, well, why don't we try for like, and they marked it in K's for some reason. I'm not sure why, but, um, we I, we decided on like 315 for a k which i think is like 515 pace yeah. i'm it not is, sure it, that's 68 30 pace 
Okay. 68.30 pace. So that's actually faster than my PR. But I mean, like, so it was a big PR, but I mean, looking back at my race in Houston, like that was not really like a race I was pointing at. Like I was doing a bunch of just strength training for the Olympic trials and had run one workout at that pace and that's it. Like, and everything else was like marathon pace or slower. So, um, so it was a little different than this where I definitely, I did a block more at like 5k, 10k pace. And so I felt more prepared for a half marathon going into this. So it wasn't surprising to try to run faster going uphill, but that seemed like a good, um, pace. And then I was, I was like, okay, then we can try to really notch it down on the way back. Um, so yeah, just, uh, tried to stay as relaxed as possible, clicking off those first K's. And then, uh, we did the hairpin turn and, um, we'd been kind of climbing up the last, um, you know, 5k or something. And I didn't feel like it was that bad, but when we made the hairpin, like I really felt like we were coming down after that. So I started really like, um, using that and like opening up and, and, running I think we ran a 308 around the hairpin like we really picked it up yeah, um 314 on that k but oh, you probably lost like four seconds on the turn and then your next two k's where you had like 308s um yeah so um so then I was like all right I'm gonna try to like hold this pace all the way back so I was like trying to lock in that kind of like 308 to 310 pace which is right around five minute pace for you guys. yeah five, 307 is five minute pace so like five minute to 505 pace ish um so before we get into that back half when you're going uphill and you're running those splits were you excited that you're still able to like run 350 essentially you're you're slightly slower than 315 per k but were you excited like were you having to mentally nurse yourself through being knowing that you're going to run faster on the back half as you came back downhill or what was kind of your mental approach as you're going up that first half um yeah i i was just staying present like it wasn't um like it wasn't i've, I've had some halves where i went really aggressive and i was kind of feeling like i was really like pushing and i wasn't feeling that at that point um i was it felt like it was just kind of flowing naturally so um i wasn't really overly excited or um yeah i wasn't really thinking about it that much <laughs> i was just uh just trying to like gear up for the second half i guess um and and then yeah the second half i was started to feel more excited like seeing those splits and like knowing that i was already under 60 30 pace and like notching it down a lot um so so yeah i was trying to maintain that um but then the last couple miles were uh kind of climbed again back to the finish and so i i didn't slow down that much but like as far as like maintaining five minute pace i couldn't quite quite do that i think i averaged 509 for the second half so um so yeah um all in all i think i was really pleased with it like i was definitely really spent afterwards and like i felt like i was gonna throw up after i crossed the line and it took me a little bit to like gather myself and so that was like a good feeling to be like, okay, I really like gave it my all out there. And, um, but, but then I think later you're kind of like, man, I wonder if 
we just locked in like sub 68 pace if I could have like held that you know but I think part of that like anytime you run a course a second time like you know how to work the course better you know especially a course like Boston or where there's like elevation change like you can you can really like work certain sections of the course and know how to like spend your energy I think the first time out like I didn't really know what we were going to encounter out there so yeah yeah, so I think that's important to note for our listeners, you know, if you're choosing a virtual race course around you, um, you know, choose something that you know how to work the course. Because, yeah, we're we're now, you know, having been back on the course for training since the race, even learning more about how to work it. And you're totally right. It's like the, the better you know a course, the more you know how to work it and the faster you're going to be able to run on it. So. It's always uh, easy to look back at it hindsight and be like, oh, I should have hit these splits differently, you know? So, um, yeah, I learned a lot. That's part of my personality, too. Like, I'm definitely like, I'll be like really happy and then I'll I'll kind of think about it more and be like, oh, this could have gone better. And stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's actually go into that a little bit. Like, how do you handle that? Because I think that's something we all experience where you finish a race and good or bad, like you're always like, oh, I could have done this better. Like, what's your approach with that? Well, I think a certain amount of it's healthy because I think that's what, like, has kept me in the sport right now is, like, I really enjoy improving and um, and changing things. And, like, I think that's, like, allowed me to, like, improve, like, every year since I've run the marathon is just, like, constantly kind of analyzing your performances and, um, and just enjoying chipping away at different areas like getting better at different things but um but yeah I think you definitely want to it's it's definitely a balance and tension within still kind of enjoying the moment and um and not like getting to the end of your career where you're like oh I actually didn't really like enjoy any of those things because I was already like looking ahead at like what I was going to do differently next time you know so uh so yeah I'm trying to work on work on that part but um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah and no, i like what you said like like i think sometimes we think of things as being inherently bad when it's actually like kind of a good thing like like in that situation you know where it's good that like you want to continue to improve and get better and that you still see things you can refine and tweak and continue to grow at yeah and i still like look up look back on it with like good memories and like I'm proud of that achievement you know in its own right and stuff but I think that's like if as long as you can still have that perspective and not like let that steal the joy out of or or being proud of you know when you put a lot of work into like getting to a certain fitness like um yeah so uh, being able to uh take something positive so I know for you, like, a big um, helpful thing for you to handle disappointment. So, obviously, you know, your last race was so long ago, and it was the trials, and we had to wait till now to be able to race again, um, is to get back on the horse and to race again. So, um, how did that feel? Like, did you have a sense of, like, like oh, I'm back on the horse now, or is the trial so long ago that it's almost, like, out of, like, you've already dealt with that? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that it really helped me move past, like, the trials disappointment. I mean, I think I've already, like, 
like I've already proven to myself in training that like I'm in the best shape of my life and like and that even the trials I was in the best shape at the time of my life and it's like I the trials didn't really make me like question those things or like my ability or anything it was more like just the disappointment of of not hitting that goal that like I can't really get back or I can't try again for like four years on you know and so I think I think what helps me for that is to just get back out there and race and like start a new season and I wouldn't say this race really felt like I was starting a new season because as much as like we tried to make it feel like a race like it didn't feel like what racing normally feels like we're you know, um, it was just really small. There's only a couple of us out there and it felt like a really, really hard training like thing where maybe your teammates are like, they're cheering you on at the finish, a couple of them. And, you know, like it, it kind of felt like that. So, um, I think, I think I'm still looking for that one moment to, um, in like a real race atmosphere to kind of help me, uh, totally move past the trials but but some of that is just going to be some internal work I think of just dealing with disappointment and um I don't really have any like regrets for like how I prepared or like how I ran in the race or anything so I think that helps like I think it's like regrets that kind of draw your thoughts back to the past you know but um but yeah I think in general though after the race I think I felt like man, I wish there was races right now, like, just because, like, just seeing the, seeing your fitness, like, manifested in, like, like, a real time trial kind of thing, you're, like, oh, it'd be so fun if there were, like, road races to just do a bunch of races right now and stuff, but unfortunately, not right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and they will come back, but like I said, it'll probably look different, especially at the beginning. Um, but they they will come back and I think something you said is really important to remember that even though you did a time trial um, and even though our athletes who might be listening are doing time trials it doesn't mean you're going to get the same thing out of yourself as you would get in a race situation so it's just kind of good to be mindful of that so that whatever your result is you're like well you know I can still subtract some time from this that you know you're just not going to get it um, you know in a time trial I don't know, even if there's just a couple people out there on a bike with you or whatnot. So just kind of keep that in mind, guys, if you know, we're prescribing time trials for you guys that um, you know, we're getting an idea of what your, where your fitness is at, but we're not getting like 100% perfect read on, on where you're at. So, Sarah, I know we're not allowed to uh, talk too much about your plans for the fall, but um, how do you feel coming out of this training-wise? Like, what does what the last couple days look like? Today is, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? And, uh, and the race was on last Friday. How, how, how have the legs felt coming out of this one? Yeah, I was surprised. I was more sore from this than I thought I would be. Um, I think some of that is, like, just I, I was pretty buried in training uh, going into this, like I, I took some like downtime, like in early April when the trials got postponed to track trials. But then, um, I hadn't really had like a down week ever since then. And so that was like four months. And, um, so I, I did rest for this race, um, the half, but, but I, I felt like I was, my legs weren't really like coming around as they normally do. I think just cause I'd like dug myself pretty deep in a hole. Um, 
But but I did feel good out there and stuff. I think it just like for me, I found like how I feel like going into race a lot of times is how I feel coming out of it. And so uh, so I definitely was a little more sore. But um, but straight back into training um, because we're only here in Eugene. Uh, it was going to be like a, a little over a week after the race. And I really, really look forward to like when I get to train at sea level, which is like hardly ever. It's like two weeks a year basically. <laughs> and so when I'm there, like, I just, I get really excited for my workouts and getting to like rip some fast times that you just like can't do at altitude. And, uh, and just like, to me, like certain workouts, like feel completely different at sea level than they do at altitude. Like, um, just, yeah, like the whole experience feels like different. So, um, so yeah, I, I ran like, an hour 40 the next day after the race the day after that I ran almost 27 miles pretty hard um and so I guess that was the first marathon finish of the year officially (laughs) and then had another easy double and then uh did some track work yesterday easy double today and gonna do a tempo tomorrow and we're going back to that row river trail where the um, race was because I love that spot after after being there it's so pretty out there so really enjoying that yeah Sarah was mentioning the other day she thinks that might be the her favorite uh, place to do a threshold run that she's ever hit before so if you guys are ever in Eugene check out the Row River Trail it's, it's pretty epic pretty amazing spot um, so yeah but yeah one of, the, one of the things that I think inspires me most about you Sarah is um just your ability to be able to work (laughs) like you know we we ran that half and um we went straight to the gym afterwards and sarah's in the gym doing her thing you know and uh two days later we're busting a 27 mile run and go straight to the gym afterwards and you're doing your thing so like your ability to be able to um, just grind and put in the work i think is is super inspiring and i think you've kind of shifted like what normal looks like little teaser for the next episode i'm going to do is going to be on like changing your normal and i think you've definitely you know shifted your your normal has evolved um over over the years for sure but you've always i mean from the time you're a little girl um you were doing some pretty crazy runs in santa rosa and putting in a ton of volume and hard work and super long hours in the gym so you've always uh, been a workhorse so it's fun to see you just just grind and hitting it hard yeah, I mean, that's what's fun about the sport to me. So, you know, I feel like I'm a very, like, ordinary person. Like, like you look at some runners and they have, like, Shalane has this, like, running pedigree, right? Like, her mom was, like, world record holder in the marathon and her dad was a pro runner. And, like, or someone like Dina Castor where you're, like, they're just kind of, like, superhuman, you know? And, like, I feel like that's not really, like, my story. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty, like, ordinary like person but I've just really enjoyed working hard like and just uh yeah I, I, I do love the grind and like been willing to do that for a really long time since I basically started the sport like 20 gosh 25 years ago or four years ago that's crazy or something. It's a long time. we're getting old <laughs> <laughs> um I think one of the things that's been cool following you and I was curious because I don't know the answer to this question do you remember like 
early on, I don't know if you did thresholds in high school, but like your first memory of doing threshold runs, so say maybe like four or five mile threshold, I don't know what you started at, but do you remember what kind of pace you were running for those when you first That's the thing, which actually I feel like is why I've been able to improve later in the marathon is like I never did tempo runs like until like being a professional really. Like we would do them like a couple times at Stanford, but do you remember what pace you were in there? I feel like we ran like 545 at Sawyer Camp for like eight miles or something those like that. Were, those were some questionable miles. We had a debate <laughs> between the guys and girls team about tangents. And the girls would take like the extreme tangents and the guys would take like half of the tangent. So we'd stay on our side of the path. So anyways, 545. Yeah, well, whatever. So say it was like 550. Um, yeah. That's still pretty good. That's pretty good, but like. Yeah, I mean, compared to... Yeah, would you have ever thought at that time that you'd be able to run a half marathon at 5.12 pace? Yeah, not, not at all, no. I mean, yeah, and that's... It's kind of like when we're... You know, one of the tempos we've done recently out at Lake Mary, where like I'm seeing sp- splits now, it's just like 5.20s is becoming normal, and you're like, this like you said out there, like, this is the new normal, you know? And it's kind of like don't... Like not making a big deal about it, but just like um yeah like don't freak yourself out don't get too excited or whatever but it's like nope this is just like you know you just you see how training is very progressive for me like it's been like a couple seconds each build up like i'm able to get a couple seconds in tempos and about five seconds a mile in long runs and or maybe not maybe a couple seconds also in the long runs but it's like each build up is kind of just gotten a little better and that's why I wanted to do a build-up um because even if I wasn't sure it would culminate in an actual race because uh I I just have seen that improvement each time yeah I'm glad you said that because I think that's really important for for everyone to realize in this COVID season that even if you don't get the race like the training will pay off down the line and like you're saying like there we haven't really seen like any huge jumps in near training it's just been like your thresholds like you're saying just get, keep every build up to get a couple seconds quicker a couple seconds quicker and here we are you've been marathoning since what 2015 20 uh yeah first one yeah march so, 2015 yeah so here we are five years later and and you're you're just steadily each one keeps getting better and better so that can be your guys story as well like don't just let this season pass you by like capitalize on it because um even if you don't have a race even if you don't have an official time trial set up for you like eventually that that threshold strength will pay off and i think the other thing to note is you know you're 37 and your threshold just keeps getting better and better and better so while some things like kind of diminish with age such as power and speed um although they don't have to if you're in the weight room working hard and stuff but um threshold strength can just keep getting better and better i mean you look at guys like kipchoge bernard legat uh, obdi still going strong you know like threshold stuff can keep getting better late into your 30s if not into your 40s especially i think for women so um just if if you guys are in that category just know like threshold is something that it just can keep getting better and better if you keep building on it season after season after season so, um, I don't have anything else, anything that we missed or that you want to say to 
Nope. Um, I'll get to run an actual marathon, so I didn't really talk about that. But uh, so we're not allowed to. Yeah, can't talk about which, but um, very excited to just keep building towards that. And um, yeah, homeschooling now. But fortunately, our kids are are doing pretty well on their own with that. Yeah. Not, not needing a very much assistance at this point. So <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, and we're enjoying Mount Tom House, yes. which is amazing. Um, it's uh, it's outside Eugene a little bit, and um, yeah, Craig and is also a professional marathon runner that had a vision for creating like a bed and breakfast to host people in here in Tracktown and um, and get to show them this area that they love and all the great running and do like running retreats. So they were planning to do those this summer and, and but unfortunately COVID happened, but um, definitely check them out once things get safe enough to gather. Definitely, yeah. If you guys want to get a glimpse of, of Mount Tom House, it's an amazing place. The girls are freaking out and they saw the library they get to do school in. Uh, they're on Instagram, it's, uh, Mount, M-O-U-N-T, Tom House. So check them out on the gram. And uh, Sarah, thanks so much for hanging out with us and sharing with us uh, how the race went. And we are all super stoked for what's coming up for you this fall and um, just hoping that you get to crush your next race. Thank you. All right, guys. Until next time, happy training.